SEP Fanfic Readings presents A Thousand Words by Olive Juice 28 Chapter 40 Secret Endeavors The first years were up to something, there was no doubt about it. Every mentor had noticed a shift in behavior regarding their young charges as the end of March approached. They still had all their regular meetings, individual as well as whole group, and the 11- and 12-year-olds were still just as energetic and quirky as ever, but there was definitely something going on. This strange phenomenon was the topic of discussion among the eighth years one night over supper. Emmeline just about ran away from me today, Padma told her housemates. It was the oddest thing. I came out of the library and turned the corner to see her walking towards me. I waved, she froze, and then she turned around and scurried off like I had tried to hex her. Several of the others nodded in understanding while Neville shared his own recent experience. Andrew has been bugging me for weeks to bring him to the Greenhouse 3 so that he could see the new batch of mandrakes Professor Sprout recently repotted. I met him outside his charms classroom yesterday to let him know we could go down after lunch, and he stared at me like I had grown an extra head before saying he couldn't. He took off running, literally running, down the hall. He shrugged, unable to account for the bizarre reaction from the typically calm and even-keeled youngster. I came upon Olivia and Yasmin whispering in an alcove on the third floor a few days ago, and you'd have thought I'd caught them setting off fireworks or dung bombs, Daphne interjected. They looked absolutely terrified and started talking over one another, giving excuses and tripping over themselves to get away. I actually felt bad about it, but now that I know they're all barmy this week, I'm not taking it personally. She chuckled and shook her head. It's like they're all in on some big secret or something. Hermione considered this for a moment. Has there been any big announcement made recently? Any major changes to anything in the castle? Being in their own house meant the eighth years were slightly removed from the goings-on in the rest of the school, including news that might be shared by the headmistress at meals in the Great Hall. McGonagall had made a point to inform them of anything that pertained to them, and Bill kept them in the loop as often as possible, but there was always a chance they'd miss something. They all pondered her question for a few seconds, but no one could come up with anything, at least nothing that would cause the sort of secretive or adverse behavior they'd been noticing. "'Maybe they're planning something.' Theo suggested, with a mischievous glint to his eyes. Something they don't want us to know about. Like what? asked Dean. Theo shrugged. Who knows? Maybe they want to throw a party or have a game night of their own. Maybe they finally decided to revolt against Filch and are planning to set up portable swamps on every floor. Everyone laughed at that, remembering how furious the caretaker had been during their fifth year when Fred and George had left one as a parting gift to Umbridge. You might be on to something there, said Anthony thoughtfully. "'The portable swamps?' Hannah asked, incredulous. "'No, no,' the former Ravenclaw chortled. "'The idea that they're up to something that involves us. "'That's really the only logical reason they wouldn't want us to walk up during a conversation "'or catch them doing something related to it.' "'The housemates hummed in agreement as they considered this angle. "'So let's play along, then,' suggested Hermione. "'For the next few days, let's try to give them some space. "'If you see them at the end of the hall, take a different route, "'or only interact with them during your regular scheduled times.' Don't seek them out otherwise. Let them think we're completely oblivious to their scheming. Or, Theo smirked widely, we could make it our mission to stalk them and show up, coincidentally, even more than usual. See how many times we can catch them in the middle of something. Again, his thoughts were met with laughter, but Hermione countered his argument. That's not nice, Theo, she chastised lightly. If they really are trying to do something for us, we should let them without stressing them out unnecessarily. I agree with Hermione, Luna trilled as she looped her arm through the lanky brunette and leaned her head on her shoulder. We should be supportive of their endeavors. 
Fine, Theo let out a long, suffering sigh, but no one could miss the smile that curved his lips as he glanced down at the tangle of long blonde hair that covered his arm. Their plan of action decided upon, the housemates finished eating and set apart their various evening activities. Several of them were headed back to the library for NEWT study session, Hermione unsurprisingly among them. She pressed a kiss to Draco's cheek as they parted ways from the table, and he headed back to his room where he planned to finish the latest History of Magic essay they'd all been assigned. After settling on his bed, his textbooks, quill, and parchment spread out before him, he noticed a quiet conversation taking place outside his door, which he hadn't fully closed behind him as he had thought. He normally wasn't one for eavesdropping, and went to close it, but stopped when he heard his own name. He shifted slightly, and could barely see the edge of the round table closest to his room where he knew a chess game was always set up. It seemed Dean and Theo were starting a new match as they discussed their friends. So, Dean began conversationally, Draco and Hermione. He said it as a question, and Draco could tell he was wondering what Theo's take on the relationship was. Yep, replied Theo without hesitation. About time, really. What do you mean? Oh, he's had a thing for her for ages. Draco inwardly groaned at Theo's admission. While he had never openly admitted to fancying Hermione before this year, apparently his younger self hadn't been quite as subtle in his fascination as he'd thought. Seriously? Dean sounded completely surprised. Yeah, started fourth year, I think. He was jealous of Crumb. Dean chuckled. Well, that's understandable. You had a crush on the Gryffindor princess, too? Theo was the surprised one now. No, no, Dean was quick to correct him. But no one could deny that she looked amazing at the Yule Ball. Crumb was one lucky bugger that night. I'll agree with you there, Theo admitted, and Draco's cheeks heated at the thought of his friend admiring his witch, but his jealousy was immediately erased. She's not my type, but she did look lovely. I've enjoyed getting to know her this year, and I think she's really good for Draco. How so? It's hard to explain, but most of us, Sacred 28 that is, grew up in less than affectionate families. The last couple of years brought even more darkness than normal. Draco got the worst of it by far. He paused, and Draco couldn't deny his friend's description. She, Hermione, brings a lot of light. He needs that. We all do. I've never seen him happier. I get it, Dean said after a few seconds of silence, broken only by the quiet movement of chess pieces. I think he's good for her, too. This definitely surprised Draco, since he still didn't feel like he brought very much to the table when it came to his relationship with her, and he never would have thought her friends would think so. Again, there was a pause as Dean considered his explanation. Hermione's tough. She's been through a lot over the years, more than most of us. She's lost a lot and had to face most of it on her own. I think Draco gives her security, someone to stand by her side. Not that Harry and Ron didn't or still don't, but it's different, if that makes sense. It does, said Theo. Plus, Dean continued, Draco's just as brilliant as she is, which is good. She needs someone to challenge her and debate with her. The rest of us just can't keep up. He chuckled wryly, and Theo snorted in agreement. What about you and Luna? Dean asked. She's... Theo trailed off for a moment, and Draco could hear the smile in his voice when he went on. She's one of a kind, that one. I never would have imagined connecting with her on any level, but she gets me like no one else. More game movement filled the silence. What about you? Theo questioned. Me? Dean seemed surprised. Yeah, got your eye on anyone? Nah, I went on a couple of dates during the halls, but nothing came of them. It's all right, though. I'm not looking for anything right now. Want to finish up and get a job, then maybe I'll put some effort into it. 
Draco stepped away from his door as Theo began questioning what qualities Dean was looking for in a significant other, a smile on his face as he considered all he'd overheard. He agreed with everything that had been said, and was pleased to find that his friends saw such value in his relationship with Hermione. It also helped him shake off some of the lingering doubt that others probably thought she'd been slipped some amortentia or been imperious at some point in order to agree to date him. He was very glad to hear Theo's thoughts on Luna. He knew his fellow former snake struggled with many of the same things he did in the wake of the war, and felt that Luna was the perfect antidote to much of the darkness and negativity Theo dealt with. As he settled back down to work on his essay, he was once again thankful for the chance they'd all been given by the coming back to Hogwarts this year, and couldn't help but feel optimistic about whatever the future held for him and his housemates. Hermione was up to her elbows in textbooks and parchment, holed up in her favorite corner of the library one rainy evening. She had decided to split her weeks in half from now until exams, spending Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday on class assignments, and Thursday and Friday on NEWT preparation. This meant that she needed to get all of her reading assignments, essays, and projects done by Wednesday night, even if they weren't due until the following week. Her housemates thought she'd gone round the bend, and her boyfriend refused to join her in her academic mania, but it was actually comforting for her to have set a plan in place, a strict schedule to adhere to. Several of their professors had started giving assignments that were directly related to the upcoming exams, which was tremendously helpful and gave her some wiggle room to work with regarding deadlines, but all in all, she did much better when she had charts to refer to and lists to cross off. This particular Wednesday found her scribbling furiously on a three-foot roll of parchment, stopping every few minutes to refer back to one of her five different tomes, all of which lay open on the table before her. While she knew Professor Slughorn had only asked them to explain whether Dittany or Fluxweed would be more effective to use in a healing potion, but she had been sidetracked by a chapter about Comfrey, and wanted to include her findings regarding that often-used plant as well. She was so immersed in her own thoughts and the continuous scratching of her quill that she never heard footsteps approaching, nor did she notice any movement nearby. It wasn't until Daphne cleared her throat delicately that Hermione started and looked up to find her housemate seated in the chair across from her, a knowing grin gracing her pretty face. "'Taking it easy tonight, I see,' the blonde witch eyed the cluttered workspace and stacks of books with amusement, very accustomed by now to her friend's intense study habits. Hermione relaxed in her chair and let out a sigh. "'I know, I know, I'm a nutter.' Both girls chuckled and the brunette stretched and tossed her quill onto the table. "'What brings you here, Daph?' "'Do you know what tomorrow is?' Blue Eyes glittered with mischief. "'Um, Thursday?' Hermione peered over at her calendar just to be sure, and didn't see any sort of note that marked the day was something special. "'Yes, so brilliant one,' Daphne smirked. "'It's Thursday. But do you know what day it is?' Hermione looked at her planner again, noticed that tomorrow was April 1st. She looked back up at her companion, her brow arched in question. "'April Fool's Day!' Daphne squealed as quietly as possible. "'We're going to prank the boys!' She clapped her hands and bounced in her seat, looking much less like the perfectly poised beauty that she usually did, and much more like an excited little girl. Hermione couldn't help but catch some of her enthusiasm and inched closer on the edge of her seat. "'What do you mean?' she whispered as Daphne leaned in conspiratorially. "'Padma suggested it, actually. Nothing mean or nasty, just for fun. We decided we want to take a page out of Kevin's book.' "'Kevin?' Hermione looked confused. "'From that muggle movie we watched at Christmas. You know, Home Alone.' Hermione couldn't help but laugh that burst from her, quickly covering her mouth and looking around for signs of Madame Pince. 
She knew exactly what kind of tricks Daphne was referring to, and was rather pleased her friends had found some merit in the non-magical ideas presented in the comedy. "'Oh, this will be too good,' she chortled. "'Let me just clear this up, and I'll come back with you.' With a wave of her wand, the books were neatly stacked, and her scrolls, quills, and ink pots all stored back in her bag. Madame Pince had taken pity on Hermione's nightly raiding of the shelves for the same books over and over again, and had uncharacteristically allowed her to keep the ones she needed on her table in the back corner. As the two witches made their way back to the room, Hermione asked what had already been planned. "'Well, we really just started talking about it after dinner. Hannah said something about Theo's latest prank. You remember, the one where he charmed the kippers at breakfast to move so everyone thought they were still alive?' Joint groans of disgusted amusement rumbled between them as visions of twitching fish flashed across their minds. So I said we should charm his whole plate of food sometime, and then Padma said we should just prank all the boys. There's no shortage of ways to do that, but I think using some muggle traps would be hilarious, Hermione giggled at the thought. We figured you'd have lots of great ideas, so I told them I'd come get you. The former Slytherin looped her arm through her friends as they strolled down the hall. We will happily defer to your expertise. Thankfully, none of the boys paid any attention to them as they entered the room, apart from Draco winking at his witch as he glanced up from the runes homework he was translating with Anthony. She grinned and headed straight for Daphne's chamber, which was where the other three girls were already gathered. Shutting the door tightly behind her, she cast a quick silencing charm so no one would hear their conversation, and plopped down on the floor next to Luna, who greeted her with a warm smile. All right, what do you think, Hermione? Padma began at once, her dark eyes dancing with anticipation. "'Well, let's first lay the ground rules,' the pragmatic brunette began. "'Nothing harmful, nothing dangerous, and nothing that would ruin their clothes or books or anything else. Agreed?' She glanced around the room and was met with four heads nodding in unison. "'Just some funny, light-hearted pranks,' Hannah explained. "'Something that will catch them off guard, but that they'll laugh at later.' "'Maybe a combination of magic and muggle?' Daphne smirked mischievously. Perfect. A grin spread across Hermione's face as she reached into her bag for a blank piece of parchment and a quill, posed to make yet another list. Here's what I'm thinking, 